Welcome to Your Family Dog, a podcast dedicated to helping families love living with dogs. Hi, and welcome back to Your Family Dog. I'm Julie Fudge-Smith, and I'm here with the fabulous Tina Spring. And today, we are really excited to have Wendy Patrick with us on Your Family Dog. Now, Wendy is from Northern Ireland, which is one of the things that interested me to begin with, because I love Ireland. Um, she now lives in Nova Scotia, where she owns and runs Dogs of Pride and Finesium Holistic Health. Wendy helps her animal and human clients lead happier, healthier lives by identifying nutrient deficiencies, sensitivities, allergies to food or chemicals in their environment. She makes her own line of uh, products for animals, including a CBD alternative. While Tina and I have not tried her products, we found them quite fascinating and decided we would like to bring her on board to talk to with us about what she can do for the health and well-being of your pets and for people too. So it's like a twofer, right? You can help both people and animals. What a great two <laughs> st- one one stop shopping. So with that, thank you, Wendy, for joining us. And thank um, you. Tina, I think you have the first question. We're so grateful you're here, Wendy. Um, oh, very I know. honored to be on. As a as a, a trainer and someone who tries to help with behavior. Um, lots and lots of families are, including our own, right? I, I love the veterinary medical profession. They're awesome. And I think they're smart and pretty. Um, but often I find they're treating, um, they're treating something after the fact we're, so we're doing everything based on symptoms and I'm a huge fan of trying to go to causation. And it sounds like that's a big push for your, your business. So I know nothing about colloidal silver. I am, I am brave enough to say that. And I know that that's one of your real flagship products. So can you talk to me about what colloidal silver is, how it works, where it might be useful for families and their dogs? Oh, absolutely. It's, um, thank you, Tina. Uh, a great question as well. And thank you for admitting you know nothing about it. Um, it's been around since the ancient Greeks, if not before. Um, so it's actually been used in a lot of different um, tribes, clans, uh, different civiliz- civilizations over the years. Uh, of course, the the certain big P industry um, doesn't want us to have it. Um, they've tried to ban it a few times through the years. Um, and of course, it's, it's just a supplement. Um, however, I have mine approved as a veterinary health product under Health Canada now, and it is only um, allowed to be labeled for topical use, but it has so many uses. It basically is nothing more than pure steam distilled water and 99.99% silver at tiny, 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 tiny nanoparticles. So particles that you can't see with a naked eye. So if somebody was to give you a glass of colloidal silver and go, here you go, here's colloidal silver. Unless you've got a little laser pen in your pocket, which of course we all do, um, then you won't actually know how to test it to know whether it is actually colloidal silver or it's just a bottle of water. Um, well, I wait, hang on a second. I'm, sorry, I'm a little. Sorry. I'm, I'm really excited about the laser thing. So, okay. um, so you mean if you put a laser on it, do you see the reflection of the silver? What it is basically, if you had that glass of water, clear glass of water and a little bit of a dimmer light or whatever, shine that laser pen through it, and you'll actually see the red line. So ah. it will actually refract on all of the particles of silver as it travels through the the, the, the liquid. That's so cool. And i got to go and get a laser it's pen. It's very cool. So. Yeah. 
is if you just do it on water, it'll be a little red dot at the beginning where the glass hits the glass and a little red dot at the end where it hits the other side of the glass going through. Wonderful. So it's, it's really cool. It's a really, really easy, simple way to test it and to know whether you actually have uh, a product or, I mean, some people may have had some of this but don't know what to do with it and have it, you know, they bought it at some show or um, by the recommendation of or some uh, for, from someone and have sitting in the, the cupboard for years. All you have to do is decant that into a clear glass, shine that laser pen through it, and you'll know whether it's still active. Wow. Because the way that a lot of it's generated is actually electrically. So you actually have that electrical charge, which keeps those little silver particles in suspension. So if you have really adverse reactions, like it's sitting in direct sunlight or sitting on top of a refrigerator or a microwave, something that's got an electrical charge to it, those particles will just literally fall out of suspension. Now, that doesn't make it harmful. It just doesn't make it effective. Um so you basically do end up with a little cloudy or gray film in the bottom of the, the bottle and the rest is just the water. So it's really our Frank's hot sauce around here. We use this on everything. And uh, uh, from Burns is one of the most popular things because a lot of stuff you probably actually um, have seen it a lot more than you realize, Tina, because they use a lot of silver ion technology and a lot of marketing and branding of different things right down to laminate flooring. Um, so <laughs> the reason for that is because it actually does destroy bacteria. So they're putting it into different films on different surfaces, therefore keeping a more sanitary, clean environment and a cockroach, here's something gross, will not cross flooring that's got the, the silver impregnation on the finish because the way cockroaches are so, so dirty and they have a very big bacterial symbiotic relationship, that's how they survive, and the silver would destroy the bacteria and hence the cockroach. Oh, so, there's hope even. for my life yet. <laughs> you start spraying all your floors. Yeah, not that I have cockroaches because I don't, but I'm thinking, oh my goodness, Maybe, just maybe, I can actually have a clean house if I <laughs> employ there some colloidal silver. You, you certainly can. It's the sort of thing as well, you can actually mist it through the air. So you can put it in a cool mist diffuser and it'll actually destroy any pathogens going around the air, like, you know, little viruses and the cold bugs and things like that. So it's really, really interesting. It's powerful stuff. So, it's a, so you can inhale it then? It is not? Oh, yes. Okay. I actually drink it. Um, we're just not allowed to label it for that, but I ingest it. My dogs, my cats, my horses, we all do. Um, and so what's, what's indicated, what, what are the indications that you would want to use this? What do you use it, it to it treat? Would be to destroy bad bacteria. Um, there's a lot of on the fence sitters as to whether it destroys good bacteria as well. Therefore it could harm the gut. Um, but, for the length of time that I've been using it, which is 10 plus years, I know others who have been using it for 30 years or whatever have been generating it in their back room or in their garage for eons and using it practical purposes, all sorts of things. Burns, it's fantastic on like sunburn, um, clipper burn. Say if you're a dog groomer and you have to shave that poodle's face or whatever and they get a little bit irritated, best thing to do is have one of those bottles at your station. You spray that on the face or the feet and it takes the sting right away. So it stops the dog then maybe rubbing its face too much, getting irritated um, and scratching it. So it's really good over um, old sores, old wounds. Um, Post-surgery, some vets will actually suggest 
that a client will get a bottle of colloidal because it'll keep the site clean where there's stitches and things like that. So it will actually stop pride flesh from forming or anything like that, even on the likes of horses, if you're going that route. But um, bug bites, rain rot, any little um, oh sarcoids, all sorts of hot spots. Um, I mean, I can't say that it treats anything. We're not allowed to do that. But a lot of people use it in those areas, and it can be very helpful. Is it effective against fungus like ringworm? It can be. Um, I haven't had any studies specifically on that, so I can't say for sure. Just to be absolutely fair on that one. <laughs> so is it something that like, for example, you know, like all pug owners, anybody with a bracky breed, I'm constantly cleaning yes. Al's facial fold. Um, is colloidal silver something that's useful for treating that? It's, it's very useful to use on those areas. It, it's safe to use around the eyes. I actually, the only thing I ever used, I got pink eye once in my life, still don't know how. And I was like, well, what am I going to do with it? It was like, oh, let's try the colloidal. And sprayed that in a couple of times a day and it was gone within a week. And I've never seen it back again. But I will use it for tear staining. Um, a lot of people use it for tear staining. The only thing is for tear staining and the likes of those little brachial folds, um, it's great for reducing the the yeast. So therefore, you don't get that staining. You don't get that buildup. You don't get that odor. Um, some will use it for an ear cleaner. It's a very gentle wipe as well. We have that actually as the main ingredient in our ear cleaner. We just add a little bit of witch hazelin as well for that astringent property. And um, yeah, um, sunburn, uh, as I've said, any burns, burns from the stove. And that's how I tested it initially, because every time I'm lifting a pan out of the stove, there's a burn going to happen. So I sprayed it on, thought, let's see if this stuff works. It was someone else's brand at that point. Well, just before I start researching all of it and going down the, the big, deep pile of papers for, for all the research and things that you can actually find on it. And um, the, the burn went away. Came back a couple hours later, you know, you get that throbbing feeling when you've got that burn. So I resprayed it, uh, went away almost immediately, went to bed, got up the next day, and I'm like, I thought I burnt myself. There should have been a huge, big red line right down the side of my finger, as there had been when it happened from a baking sheet, and there was nothing. Wow. No redness, no throbbing, nothing. So that's when I got hooked, and I thought, I got to look into this. So from then on, it's just been. Yep, snowballing, and uh, there's there's a bottle in every room in this house, <laughs> and then lots where we make it too. <laughs> so lots, of, lots of people ask me um, specifically about CBD with with regard to their dogs, and there's in particular talking about anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. And there's been a bunch of research done on that. It's not been shown to help for anxiety. It helps for a lot of other things which is awesome. I think we all would like natural ways to help our dogs feel better um, mm -hmm. and to impact their behavior with not that medications are bad. I, I'm not dogmatically anti-meds. I actually am a big fan of preventing suffering if we can prevent it. Absolutely. But I, one of the big sad things in my world is that there's not, there's not been any research that's shown that CBD helps for anxiety. It's great for pain. It's great for lots of other things, just not that. So the product you have that you said is a CBD replacement, can you talk a little bit about what that product is, how it's different mm -hmm. and what it might be helpful for? 
Okay. Well, um, there may not be lots of studies, Tina, and that's a great question. I mean, CBD is a fantastic substance. Um, and I actually, I, I love it. I used to actually sell it in Canada until our regulations all changed and we weren't allowed to bring it in. Um, there's lots of anecdotal stories that it will help for anxiety. Um, a lot of people have used it for that. However, there's not one size that fits all. And to say that, that you know, buy this bottle, it's going to do all of this stuff for you is completely false and misleading. And anyone who tries to market a product as such is just basically trying to sell you something. Um, anxiety is such a different thing to deal with as well because it can be behavioral as you probably know well Tina um, there's lots and lots of things as well from environmental standpoints different changes in the family different changes in homes maybe if the dog's been rehomed maybe it's a sound sensitivity to the fireworks so anxiety has so many different roots um, and I mean I can I go into sort of like a cellular testing level as well to find out as well if there's any un, anything underlying because a lot can actually come stemmed even from over-vaccination, for example. Um, so, I mean, to, to just go and then go, okay, well, Prozac's going to work, so let's go to the vet and get a, a, a prescription for Prozac. Well, it might, but what else is that doing? What are the contraindications of that particular thing? So even though your CBD may not work for you for, for anxiety, our smart oil, which is our CBD alternative, may um, there's been different um, reports from clients that I've had that it's helped with cats for anxiety in rescue situations. Um, so that's been really encouraging. Um, oh, how I came up with the smart oil was because, I, as I said, I was bringing the CBD. And then we got stopped because even though um, marijuana is now legalized in Canada, um, it's only it's the same as saying, oh, I can drive a car, but you need a license to do it. So I can't import or sell without a license. And it's not very well policed up here, even though it's supposed to be, but they have a law that's not enforced. So you'll find a lot of different brands out there of it, but you have to be careful because it's like the greatest fad at the minute. So anyone who's looking at CBD, I suggest they research it. They don't just take it because it says CBD on the bottle. You're the voice for your animal. You're the caretaker for your animal. And you want to make sure that what is in that bottle is exactly what says on the label. Um, there's There was FDA warnings a few years ago about people using paint thinner for extraction methods to get the CBD out of the plant. Oh, my heavens. That's not good. Look, Yep, and there's lots of different chemicals that can be used. There's different alcohols that can be used, which was the most standard one. Um, so what you're looking for is a CO2 extraction. Plus what you want to do is actually go to that company before you just grab that bottle because it says what you think you need on it. Take the brand name of it. Go and look up that company's website and find out if they are advert or they are very publicly and open about showing their third-party lab test results and showing their extraction methods. Because a lot of people say, oh, it doesn't matter. We get it down the road from Joe Blow and he uses alcohol to take it out and it's perfectly fine. There's hardly any alcohol left. That might be fine for a 200-pound man, but if you're looking at a three-pound chihuahua, a residual of alcohol or paint thinner is something you really want to be worried about. Plus, you want to stay away from isolates and things. But I'm giving you a whole load of education on CBD. But basically, whenever we were stopped, I then was stuck with a problem. I had um, 
two dozen retailers who had I'd been supplying because I was the distributor for Canada. We were just getting going, getting our feet under us. We had a, hun- a couple of hundred clients who were depending on this thing. And I actually lost some four-leggeds um, from clients that passed away because they had been depending on this for having a better quality of life. And everything went downhill after they couldn't get it and whatever. But I took that personally because this is my whole passion. This is my drive is to have help, healthier, happier, better quality of life for two and four leggeds anywhere. So it was like, okay, what do I do? It's like, I have to do something about it. I'm just one of those that, no, I can't give up. So I started researching what the actual attributes in CBD are or in that hemp product, that hemp CBD, um, finding out where it comes from, what it is, how it's um, formulated, how it works within the system that works with the endocannabinoid system. And I thought, okay, there can't possibly, Mother Nature is just not that cruel to give us one substance that does it. So through a lot of researching and testing and examining stuff, then I looked at a few different substances, again, naturally produced. And I started putting different combinations together to see what would would happen. And I ended up with one and it tested very, very similarly against our CBD. And I'm like, hmm. So I believe in human testing, not animal testing. So I am the guinea pig for everything that is created in here and everything that is sold in here. And so I started taking it and I started using it. And I'm like, huh, might be something to this. And just doing the testing that I do and just the kinesiology testing, I started basically challenging the product against um, all different types of ailments. And was getting a lot of positivity results that it can be used. It'll help different things. Plus then the attributes for each ingredient that goes into it. And there's only four. It's really, really simple. Really simple. It's ridiculously simple. Um, But a few people have looked at it and said, this is absolutely genius. So you've basically got two tree saps, which are incredibly, incredibly potent. Um, one, some will advertise it as it being a cannabinoid, but it's more of a sesquiterpene in reality. And, but it works with the, or some of the, the terpenes and the, the parts of the, the copaiba oil, which is what it is. There's over 140 different terpenes, sesquiterpenes. So you've got linalool, you've got BCP, which is beta carophyllene. And that's the, that's the good one because that's the one that actually works with the endocannabinoid system as well. So it actually works on the same premise. Um, We also have dragon's blood in there, which is very good known as a topical for almost like a second skin. Now it will stain the skin, but it's very, very good for wound healing. But with the oil and with the combination, um, it's also got the highest ORAC value of any substance on the planet. And it comes in at just under 3 million on the ORAC scale, which is incredibly high. Could you explain the ORAC scale? Because I, yeah, yeah. I like Tina M. A. Um, colloidal silver naivete. And I also don't know what the ORAC system is. So that would be okay. really valuable to have that explained as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, the colloidal silver is one of the ingredients in the smart oil. But what the ORAC scale is, is basically um, substances. So whether it's spices, whether it's herbs, whether it's tree saps, whether it's fruits and vegetables, they used to all get taste tested on and put onto this ORAC scale, which basically shows their antioxidant value. And it's simple, simplest thing. Um, 
um, oxygen radicalized something or is is the what the acronym stands for. But basically, it tells you what the level is of antioxidants in that substance. So I was talking to someone yesterday, turmeric, and turmeric comes in there at a couple of hundred thousand. And that's a, always a, a really big popular thing for antioxidant, anti-inflammatory and things like that. So whenever you consider the dragon's blood compared to that, at um, like one drop in a glass of water has an ORAC scale of like 2.9 million it's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive stuff. Could you explain? So, what, I'm, I'm assuming that this isn't. You're, you're not like bloodletting real dragons to get no, this. No, um, no. I actually have a dragon farm. And, do you? Um, yeah, Daenerys flies over all the time as well. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's a tree. Okay, it's that's what I, I figured. It was a plant of yeah, some kind. I didn't. Think, although tree. I was really intrigued by the idea of actually. I was envisioning leeches, you know, <laughs> attached to dragons <laughs> to get them to bleed. So it, it's not as it's not quite as fantastical as that. But oh, whenever I just describe what this stuff does and is, you know, a lot of people think, "Oh, she's talking out her hat." <laughs> um, but no, it's the, the Croton Lashleri tree is actually what it's called. And there's lots of different sort of subspecies of that around the world. Ours comes from Peru. I heard a year or so ago that the one from, I think it's a small island off Israel, is actually now an endangered plant. So some people will tell you, oh, you can't do dragon's blood. It's unethical now because it's an endangered species. No, that's one tree. That's one species and one subsection of one part of the planet. But where we get ours from, it's like up here in Canada, we have, I mean, I'm looking at the window over the, the top of the computer because across the road, we have some neighbors who tap their maple trees and they get the beautiful maple syrup every year. And um, it's the same idea with the the, co- or the the dragon's blood. They tap the Croton Lashleri tree and they get the dragon's blood. And if you even just want to look up or Google dragon's blood and look up the tree, it is absolutely an amazing, amazing tree. It just looks so bizarre. It's fantastic. But anyway. <laughs> um, well, I also so, really like Peru. So this is all. Um, oh, there you go. I had a, yeah, Ireland and Peru. Ireland, well, yeah, I traveled a, a fair amount. And uh, those are two of my favorite countries is Ireland and Peru. So yeah, th- this must be, uh, there's a synergy here for me, I guess. So. There must be, yeah. And Dragon's Blood been come across um, my desk a few years before even the smart oil got formulated because a lot of people will take it to help with um, antioxidant and anti-inflammatory for um, um, a lot of gastrointestinal. It's actually good for stomach ulcers. It's been shown to be very, very useful in the gastrointestinal tract and also to help to um, reduce a lot of inflammation stuff from Lyme disease, which I actually personally have. Uh, my husband was diagnosed with, with Lyme disease this really? year. Really? And um, yeah, we caught it pretty early. So, so far his tests are coming back um, negative now. So we're, we're very okay. lucky that he responded so well to the doxycycline, but um, it's just rampant here in, in North America. And it's- Yes, it is. I mean, it's kind of like you, you go out in the woods and you just say tick, and you have Lyme disease is kind of what yeah. it's feeling like. Um, I want to go back to the smart oil. Um, okay. Is it, uh, do you use it for both humans and animals? And how do you use it? It was formulated for animals. Um, we label it for animals, but a lot of people, if they want to take it, they can. Um, 
I mean, we don't obviously make any claims or promises or we don't treat, cure, cure, diagnose or anything else. It's a natural substance. It's not going to have any any contraindications. It can be used with other medications because we have tested them with a lot of things. Um, And we have had a lot of people use them instead of like the the nasty painkillers that may help the pain with an animal, but cause kidney issues in the, the other side. Um, you can use it topically. You can use it internally, and basically, it's another it's another Frank's hot sauce as well to a point. But whenever I have um, bigger issues to deal with, sometimes I'll use a combination of the smart oil and the colloidal. Um, just to give you an idea, I, a cat of mine who is indoor outdoor, and he's a bit of a tyrant. I don't know how many lives he's gone through now, but last the end of last summer, he came in with what looked like he'd been attacked uh, on his back end. So there were some uh, puncture wounds and I'm like, okay, what do I do? My first instinct was rush him to the vet. And then I'm like, hold on a second. Number one, he's a cat because number two, he's not going to let stitches stay in there. Number three, I can't wrap that because he's never going to let that stay in. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to clean the wound and I'm going to try and protect it and let it heal. So I went at it with the colloidal silver, literally flushed it out, and then put a couple of drops of the smart oil over it. And the difference in even overnight, that had started to close up and to heal and started to form its scab. And even as it was doing that, it started to shrink day after day. I kept looking at it. And I have photographs actually on our, I think on our Facebook page, on Finesium Health Facebook or on the Dogs of Pride, if you searched for Chase's photos, you'd see two different incidences. But this particular one was very interesting to watch because he wouldn't even lick the wound itself. He licked around it. So within two days, the whole area was bald from him just licking and removing the hair, almost as if he opened up that area himself to let it heal. So we don't give our animals enough credit for actually knowing more about their own bodies than we always think, you know, we use this a lot more, even though we only use a tiny amount of it. And it's not always giving us the answers. And if we look to nature, if we look to the animals, um, as Tina was saying before we came on, they teach us so much and they do, they never stop. So it was interesting as well as, as these wounds were closing up, it was almost like other ones that were there sort of hiding in other areas erupted. And then they took their turn to heal. Wow. And by the time that last one was erupting, hair was regrowing back. Normal color, normal t- pattern. He's a tabby. So everything, and you look at him now, pick him up now, you wouldn't know there had been anything at all there. It, it was simply amazing. Absolutely amazing. And all we used on it was the colloidal spray and the smart oil. So did so, you just spray it the one time or does, did you have to repeat that? Was it a process? Daily. Daily? Okay. Just daily. Yep. Yeah. Just daily. I find it interesting that he licked the fur off because oftentimes yeah. what a vet will, when he, when he wants to get to a wound, they'll shave that area. So it's like he self-shaved. Right. So um, he did it for, yeah. Cause I posted a picture, I think on day two or day three and somebody commented and says, um, d- who shaved him? And I was like, nobody, he did that himself. It was amazing because I watched him as he would lick the area. And, you know, if the wound was here, he was licking all around it. So it was like he was self-soothing, 
by, you know, the itch, obviously, that occurs with something when it's starting to, to heal. But he's self-soothing by licking around the area, but also then keeping the hair out of the way so that that doesn't get caught in and then cause even more irritation. It was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Well, okay. So that raspy tongue is worth something, you know? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I still think one of my favorite quotes of all time from my vet is that cats are an argument for aliens on the planet. That you can take parts of a cat and put it in a cardboard shoebox and stick it in the closet in the guest bedroom. And in a week's time, you will have three full cats. <laughs> she makes me laugh all the time with lines like that. She cracks me up. Uh, I'm yeah, convinced like, they're aliens. Yeah. She talked about like one of the big problems with cats is that they heal so quickly. Yeah. That they end up causing as at least as much mayhem as they solve. So... Hence the nine lives. So, um, so you've talked a little bit about, you can do testing on a cellular level. Can you talk about kind of what your education is and any certifications you might have and how, how a family can know that the science that you're talking about is, is, um, is accurate and something that they can trust because we're all just people to somebody, right? Like it doesn't matter how credible I am. My daughter never believes me, but you know, (laughs) it's, it's one of those things like credibility in this industry, especially in kind of more natural healing stuff is something that people should be cautious about. Absolutely. Now that's a great, great question, Tina. Um, there's, there is an awful lot of bad press about natural healthcare, um, because a lot of it's so woo woo and considered such. Um, I'm a certified health kinesiologist um previously a master certified master groomer so i understand the different uh uh, structures and everything of all your dogs your breeds um, the outlines how they move um did training was trainer for years and years not certified um but the dogs tell you whether you are or not um but going on as well to become well I'm a biochemic practitioner as well I studied under the man who eventually found me and um, discovered that what the the me and healthcare system couldn't find in two years and that was my Lyme disease Um, for whatever reason he took me under his wing then and um, trained me up as one of his practitioners to deal with the biochemics so that's with the real tissue salts or if you like functional nutrition so it's not like oh take a drop of this wave a leaf around your head dance five times in a circle hug your crystals and everything will be wonderful well but that's also so much fun (laughs) <laughs> well, you can do that. Um, it, it might make you feel better. And, you know, I'm not bashing that either. Everybody likes their little bits and pieces that they do. I mean, I love right. crystals and love the energy and everything. And there is energy in everything. And it's understanding that. So going to that, I basically do more on the quantum level, which is understanding that we're all connected on a quantum level. Everything is energy on the planet whether it is that tree outside, whether it is the dog sitting downstairs or in your chair, um, whether it is any of us, we are connected. So understanding that goes right back to basically quantum physics. And that was really only something that started to raise its head in the 80s. So all of us sitting here, we weren't taught that at school. That was after our facts. So our generation is really, really skeptical about any of this stuff until you start 
digging into it and looking at some research and looking at the studies. And there are lots out there. Um, I'm actually um, going further a little bit more with the energy, the connections of that, and actually using light therapy. So I'm going to become a certified light technician or light therapist under photobiomodulation or light therapy, whatever you want to talk about it. And how lights work and different lights at different energy levels, different frequency levels, and how all of this stuff works together. And even just over the last couple of years, as this has really started to ramp up and develop even more for me, my field of vision has been so, so widely opened. And I'm one of the biggest out in Thomas's you'll find. So whenever energy work was introduced to me about 15 years ago, I'm like, that's voodoo. I, you're, you're mad. But then I started to realize there's something to it. And the more I dig, the more I question, the more I push at it, the more I test myself, the more I test other theories or other studies, the more I'm finding that there is an awful lot of credibility to this. Um, even auricular therapy is another thing that I offer for people where that is basically like acupuncture for the ears, but it's just using um, little electrical stimulus pen on all the different points of the ears because your ears are like your feet. You can target any area of your body through those areas. I don't like feet, so I'm not going to do reflexology, but ears I can deal with. Ears are fine. Um, I'm, no I'm right there with you on that one too. If, if, I were, <laughs> if I were to venture on there, it would have to be on, on the, the ear end of things. Right, so. right. So with that, then that just basically, and actually the uh, the military, I think it is the U.S. military, have actually um, now appreciated that auricular therapy is a science. They actually allow that as a treatment under their health plans, from what I've understood. So I don't know if that answers your question, Tina, but hopefully I didn't run off on too much of a tangent on that. I, I think that um, the older I get, the more I like mo multimodal approaches, right? The more I like... Um, and I think I see evidenced in my practice that when we give a learner, a dog, the opportunity to feel better, they'll take it Absolutely. most of the they time, will. unless there's something blocking that. So whether we're talking about that you know, nutritionally or medically or emotionally or behaviorally, um, when everything yeah. lines up and we twist the kaleidoscope just right, things tend to cascade pretty well. What my, my, I guess my next question is, is if somebody wants to um, get a hold of you or take a closer look at your products, mm -hmm. how would they go about doing that? Is, um, do you have a website you send them to? Yeah, or? I've actually got two different ones because I have financiumhealth.com and that's for all the health products and services as such. And if anyone wants to book a remote call or appointment like that, that's, that would be the best way to get in touch with me. If okay. they're looking for purchasing some of the products, the link will also take them to our purchasing site, which is dogsofpride.com, which okay. is always the, the parent company. And uh, all of our products are on there, all of our grooming products as well. Okay, terrific. Yeah. And I do know that I think you have one place in the United States that is a uh, a retailer. Is that uh, right? And that's in Tucker, Georgia. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Show Season Animal Products in Tucker. And um, Sandy Georgie's phenomenal. I've known Sandy for a long, long time. She actually helped me to get going whenever I was doing all the grooming products. So they do a lot of grooming products for the, the pet professionals. And certainly if she has any of her uh, retailers, there's probably a few little ones. 
Um, and there are a few other ones as well. If anyone, you know, does actually order for a retailer standpoint, if they give me the information, we put them on our website as well as to where to buy. So if you're looking for Sandy's information and Tucker, if you go to dogsofpride.com, we have a where to buy page. So you can see everywhere in the world where we have listings of people who are selling our products. I went there and Did saw you? that. That's why I know that you had one in Tucker, Georgia. And I thought, Very boy, good. I'm kind of envious that, you know, Tina now lives in Georgia. She's got like all the cool stuff. Ah. Um, well, so, yes, I'm open to retailers. super cool here. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we'd love to get lots and lots more retailers across the globe because the smart oil is certainly something. Actually, uh, another uh, podcaster I was on with, he said this basically, we need to get this out worldwide. And I was like, that's the idea. Yeah, so, that's uh, the idea. yeah. Well, we'll make sure that on the website we have links to Dogs of Pride as well as to Finesium and um, so that people can get a hold of you or find out more about your products. Um, is there anything that we haven't covered that you think our listeners might want to know about your products or what it is that you do? Um, I think uh, just to touch briefly on the grooming products, these are just new ones we added towards the end of last year. And it was because with the whole C-19 that's going on, a lot of our groomers were closed because of it. And um, our sales of the show season, who I still love to, to death, um, we basically weren't in a position to replenish our stock and have lots and lots of stock sitting here with no groomers to use it. So with that, it was like, okay, there was two really good products that they had that are are, are most popular. And that was a Soothe, um, which basically is a chlorhexidine base, which is good for itchy skin. And also the True Tearless, which is no scent, no dye. So hypoallergenic, if you like to class it as that. So I had been told plenty of times, why don't you do your own line? And I'm like, no, I'm never going to do that. Never going to do that. Well, never say never. That came back to bite me big time. So went down the, the rabbit hole last fall and went, okay, let's find out whether I can do a shampoo. So we actually have it. There's no parabens, no SLS, no MEA, no DEA, no phthalates. And it's scent-free, dye-free, class is hypoallergenic, therefore. And it also has a colloidal silver base. So it can help with those itches and everything too. It also helps with de-shedding. Um, and then we did the ear cleaner, which is the colloidal silver base with which hazel. Um, it's alcohol free and it can also be used for cats, which is a tough one to find a good ear cleaner for cats. And we also then made the leave-in conditioner detangling spray, which again is a colloidal silver base, but it also has camellia oil in it. And is very, very nice for strengthening, plumping up the hair shafts, smoothing the cuticle, renourishing the skin after a bath. Plus, it cuts out for the pet owner the hassle of having to do a conditioning rinse, which they should do after they bath their dog. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, by the time you actually get the dog bathed, <laughs> and that means, like, you are, at least in my household, so, once the dog is bathed, that means I'm head to toe wet. The absolutely. last thing I'm really in the mood to do is to repeat the whole shower experience exactly. with the dog. So a leave-in conditioner is nice. And I would like to find a cat that would put up with an ear conditioner, you know, an ear cleaner. Ear so, cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you may have it for cats, but does the cat really? That's that's the, that the bigger question is, can you manufacture the cat that will take the ear cleaner? I've got two. 
Do you? Well, good for you. Well, you're a far better trainer than I am then. So it's, it's persistence and realizing that a lot of times they're really just giving you hell for the sake of it. But it's all in, in learning how to hold them. Okay. Okay. You must know how to wrap a cat then. <laughs> Burrito. Burrito cat. All right. Well, great. Well, thank you, Wendy, for joining us on Your Family Dog. As I said, we will put links to your sites there. And if you all have questions, that's the place to go is to to look up Wendy Patrick. And um, we will ask you to, if if you've enjoyed this episode, to uh, like us on Facebook or wherever it is that you get your podcast. And if you can, give us a five-star review. That helps others to find us as well. And we'll see you all next time on Your Family Dog. Thanks for listening to Your Family Dog. Got questions? Interesting idea? Visit www.yourfamilydogpodcast.com to share your thoughts.